Hey guys, before we get started with a little mini-sode, what have you been watching style? You know the business. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Matt, you got a shout out? Yeah. Our buddies over at The Punisher, 1989, The Untold Story of a Cult Classic, you guys probably know them because we were going back and forth when Aaron and I dropped our sweet Dolph Lundgren pictures in interview. Oh, yeah. These guys have this really cool book that they're working on about the movie, The Punisher, the best Punisher movie. Yeah. They actually just a couple days ago threw up our pictures again and like, guys, do you remember how cool this was? So Punisher 1989, story of untold story of a cult classic. Thank you guys so much for the shout out. If you guys, our listeners, want to find them, you could look at at Punisher book on Facebook and also at Punisher underscore book on Twitter. Punisher 1989, The Untold Story. They have some really great behind-the-scenes photos, foreign stuff. Check out their stuff. And guys, thanks for following us. And a big shout-out to Carla Nappi, writer-creator of Duplicant, which we are going to talk about on this episode today. She wrote a very cool comic book, shared it with us, wanted us to give a review. So that'll be on this episode of Launchpad Podcast. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one... All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. My name is Aaron. My name is Matt. <laughs> now that you guys know who we are, <laughs> three years into the show, let's get rolling. <laughs> All right, Rumi. I love when we do a podcast and... It's been really fun that people send us their movies, send us yeah. their comic books, and we get to see some of the independent stuff. You know, we've done interviews with Rylan Grant, uh, you know, Steve Prince, our buddy who does Destroyer, which is a super fun Which is fun coming movie. soon. We've been Ooh, talking about yeah. some more stuff. We got so some more Destroyer there. coming. But I love it when people send us their stuff to review, and it's fun to do. And so far, we've been on a winning streak. We haven't gotten any duds. Cause, yeah, as I say, don't jinx yeah, us. We man. don't like bullshitting people. You know, if we like it, we like it. We'll tell you we like it, and we'll, we'll we'll give it a genuine read. So somebody reached out to us, Carla Nappy, and she is the writer creator of Duplicant. It's on Kickstarter right now. She's ninety eight percent funded, and it's a really cool like dystopian future biopunk. It has like Blade Runner flavor to it. It's like like the human race is really suffering from like a pandemic, pandemic of yeah. like organ failure, and these people start to have this life-saving technology they get they can manufacture these organs but it's pricey super pricey it's literally putting people into almost like slavery level debt i mean straight up slavery and then there starts to be a there's kind of like a i don't want to say conspiracy but there's like a mystery yeah some stuff starts to happen we we can't we we can't slash don't want to spoil it for you but put it this way we read the first couple issues they got a kickstarter running right now for a trade the first couple issues there's at the end of issue one, there's this great spoiler that we're not even yeah, going to tease. It's a big but bomb drop, though. It immediately reminded me of one of my favorite movies, which also has this type of surprise right when you start to get into it. And yeah. I can't compare it to this movie because you'll know what the surprise yeah. is. So you really should check out this book. If you have seen the movies like Minority Report, Blade Runner, Repo, which was about guys yeah. coming to repossess organs, or here's a weird one. This is kind of a cult one. Repo, the genetic opera. Mm -hmm. 
which I've seen, which is a super weird movie. I like it's one of those ones like I don't know if, if it's for everybody, but it's a really weird movie. See, and I haven't seen it yet. I think I pro- I, I need to give it a chance at some point, but it seems like the people who like it love it. Love it. Exactly. It has a cult following. Are you for would sure. love it? I'm a respect what it did. I don't yeah. know if it did it for me. Because you don't get opera. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I certainly do not get opera. Uh, here's the thing. They pulled off what they went to do very well. Mm-hmm. Is it my style? Uh, no, but like I would show it to other people and see what they thought. It'd be interesting to go to a screening of this with the Love It crowd and see sure, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know, again, like Rocky Horror. I like Rocky Horror for what it is, and the rowdy crowds that go see it are a lot of fun. Not my favorite movie, mm. but if I go see it with a rowdy crowd and people are enjoying it, that's more fun sometimes than what the movie is. I see. So the genetic opera, yeah. there are things of that woven through this story duplicate? Very much so. Again, it's it's people can't afford their organ transplants, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what what the ramifications of that are. And then the in in this sh- comic book duplicate, there's a lot of that moral quandary of technology and morality. And I think that's always really interesting. Hey, we have the technology to do this cloning, for example. Should we do it? We can genetically modify and create organs for people, and it's saving lives. But at what cost? And that kind of like ethics and science is a very interesting thing for a comic book to tackle. And I, I think Carla did a great job of revealing the issues of a singular technology in the future. And, yeah. and that's like Looper does a really great job sure, of, sure. of like examining a singular technology and what that causes throughout this future. What did you think? Well, I think actually Looper is an interesting comparison that I didn't think of because one of the greatest thing about, I think about that movie is the world building. Yeah. And in this this comic, I've only read a couple issues, but so far the book is doing a really great work crafting, you know, their world. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is due to the art. The artist is, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but Mariana Strychowska. The art is really, really cool because it shows these future buildings, this future technology, even some future clothing and wardrobe. But really where I think she kind of hits it is with the characters yeah. and how she draws characters. Because there's, I don't want to say it's a dialogue heavy book, but there's a lot of talking. We're finding out a lot of things about these characters. And I got to admit, I was invested after issue two. I was like, okay, I'm, I, I want to know more about these characters. Well, especially after the bomb drop. Yeah. But the bomb drop tease, happens tease, and tease. then you read a little bit more and then you're like, okay, so this is how this is going to be, at least presumably from those first couple issues. But both the writing and the art, I think, really lend itself to telling the story that they're telling. It's not just like, oh, look, it's future organ donor and future cars and future and future buildings. That's part of it. But that's not the whole story. And I think both the art and the writing are, are doing the story justice. You well, know? and it's not over explaining the world. Like you said, world building. I hate when they over explain yeah. or, or over show. It's just happening. And that's something that comic books can be really good at. Um, there's like really cool costumes. There's really cool buildings, the technology, you know, when you're inside these super techno hospitals, mm-hmm. the cool hologram sort of things that you see. Again, the art really helps this. And focusing on the specific thing that happens when somebody gets one of these organs and the price that goes into it and what it, how it affects their lives, even though they're living and they get to live longer because they have these new organs, there's a lot of complications that come with that because you're basically funded by somebody with more money who's buying your debt. And that's like literally debt slavery. <laughs> it's a really cool premise. I think we've seen traces of this in other stories, but so far the direction that this seems to be going, it's not something that I've seen a hundred times before. So I'm definitely yeah. very interested well, in it. And that's the cool thing about the independent comics. There is no superhero here. There's no capes. Sure, there's no yeah. 
you know, it's it's a more of a human thing. I could see this as a TV show, like very easily. A very I agree cool, with that. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. has a very high quality entertainment vibe, and it's well done. And the first two issues that we read definitely made me go, "What's going to happen next?" Yeah, yeah. There's also kind of a Frankenstein vibe where the creator of this technology is like, "Oh, what have I wrought?" And him trying to come to conscience with what he's done and. He never thought that his life-saving technology could be used in a bad way. Mm. And then it's like, ha joke's on you. Have you heard of capitalism, bro? There's a character that like, you start to think is going to be this like corporate guy, but then he turns into a human character that you relate yeah. to and, and empathize with. Again, that's on the writing and the art, which I think is a really cool balance. So they started a Kickstarter on January 15th, they, which is days ago. They already are in the 90th percentile of their goal being funded, so... Definitely check it out. Check out their Kickstarter. If you look it up, search Duplicant Comic. It's there. But the the official title is Duplicant 1 and 2, colon, dystopian future, comma, biopunk, sci-fi comic. It's worth checking out. And actually, check out their Kickstarter page as well, because it has some sample pages on there, as well as some quotes from some pretty cool people about the book. So it's, it's worth checking out. As you guys know, we don't throw out Kickstarters lightly. We throw them down hard. Yeah, we throw them down hard. No, it has to be something that we think is worth showing. So you can follow and look up Carla Nappi on Musings by Crazed on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Duplicant Comic and Knappi, K-N-A-P-P-I at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sending us your comic, Carla. Uh, let us know what happens when it drops. Let us know how it goes. It was actually a pleasure to read your book and we're really excited about it. If you guys have any movies, TV shows, comics that you guys are working on that you want us to mention, shoot them over. We'll check it out. Especially if we like it. Yeah, don't send us stupid shit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but since this is a what have you been watching, Matt, what have you been watching? Anything cool? Busy as hell. Aside from the stuff that I'm going to talk about in upcoming episodes. Yeah. Django. I just saw 1917 a couple nights ago. Fucking baller. It was really good. So fucking good, dude. It was dude. really good. So I had wanted to see this movie for a while. I saw it Christmas Day. My wife and I, we like Christmas Day, we're like, hey, Merry Christmas, Santa came, but fuck them presents. We got to go see this movie. It was really cool. There's not so many movies about World War I. I didn't even realize at first that it was a friggin' Sam Mendes movie, but that just made it extra good for me. Sam Mendes makes me cry all the time. Not in fucking Skyfall. It's like, you crying at James Bond movies, you weenie? I didn't cry at Jarhead, but Jarhead, I thought, was really impactful emotionally and really boring. cool. It was, but it was fucking beautiful. Yeah. Road to Perdition is damn good, though. Road to Perdition and American Beauty make me cry every time I watch them. They're amazing. <laughs> every time you see that plastic bag? <laughs> every time you see that pedophile? That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, American Beauty is beautiful and emotional. Road to Perdition, I don't think is as visually stunning as the other movies, but it is, and it's stylistic for sure, but it's just so impactful. N- not to be a purist, as good as Road to Perdition is, read the book because it's Oh, I've read the book. Better. Oh, I know. But I think that's, I, I saw, this is another thing that I saw the movie first and then read the book. It was yeah. like, oh, I like them both differently, but I wonder what I would feel if I had seen, if I'd read the book first and seen the movie after. Also, Tom Hanks, what a treasure, that guy. Woo. What, was your, Tom you Hanks, treasure? what a treasure. They said, what a tragedy. That was one of those things I saw the preview and I was like, I don't buy him as a gangster with a little mustache. That's not going to work. <laughs> and four minutes into the movie, you're like, I live and die by this character as portrayed by Tom Hanks. Oh, but so good. I walked into 1917 ready to be dazzled visually, but also kicked in the heart. It definitely dazzled me visually, but I don't know if I got quite the heart kick, especially at the end of the movie. I don't think the emotional impact that I expected to be there 
I don't think it was there. I I don't know if it was because the movie was so visually dazzling, it kicked me in the eyes harder than it kicked me in the heart, or maybe I'm just tougher now than when I saw American Beauty. <laughs> I will say it isn't the tearjerker emotional thing. But, sure, but I am on that ride with that character. Oh. Yes, absolutely. So Sam has directed it. Roger Deakins is the cinematographer. He should fucking win something for this. Dude, this movie is unfucking believable on a technical level. Mm-hmm. It's done as a one-take movie. And I guess technically when you watch it, if you're going to be a purist, it's two. Camera never cuts away except for once one when time, he passes right. out. Yeah. It's a one-take film. You know how hard that is to do, guys? The longest yeah. take they could get was nine minutes long. They could only shoot when it was cloudy. As somebody who makes movies, most of our takes are like 30, 40 seconds, maybe a minute. Like, mm-hmm. like you just can't roll like that without having something get fucked up. The fact that you could go nine minutes straight with all this shit that's happening in this movie is insane to me. And it's as, as, as what you would think is mundane as like men running through a trench where the camera is either following them or leading them. Yeah. And they're you know, weaving in and out of other men. If a timing or a beat is off by just a second or two, there goes that whole take. And there was a moment where the guy, he's Moriarty in the new Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes movies. He's the priest in Fleabag. He's in this movie for a brief second. And it's a, he said it was a four minute take. And at the end, he had to light a cigarette and the lighter kept fucking up. Mm. And like the lighter fucking up makes them have to do that again. Oh my God, there's a scene where he's running in the dark and flares keep going off and yes. you see the shadows moving yes. around him. That's the Sam <sighs> Mendes yeah. experience that I love. There's a moment where I was losing my mind and it's a particularly like dull moment. He's just talking to guys in the back of the truck, but I'm losing my mind because I'm like, how did the camera get in there? How's the camera doing that? Yeah, How's it yeah, fitting yeah. in there? How did it go behind them when you're inside a truck? Right. Like the stuff that technically had to happen where it's like a guy had to basically be on steady cam running behind him then hand the steady cam off to a crane to go above them, then hand it to a drone to fly around them, and mm-hmm. then get picked back up on and climb onto the back of a truck. There's And it's definitely like, I feel like people like you and I who have the film production background, yeah. we went into that movie being like, ah, oh, I'm going to try to find the cuts. I'm going to watch this and I'll understand, like you said, from one, I guess you'd call it a shot, but from one shot to the next, how the camera moved, you then start to get wrapped up in the story and in the oh, movie so itself. Good. Then you start to be like, wait, I don't remember how the character moved, the camera moved over here. And you start yeah. to be like, fuck, they're still in this one shot thing that I have now been wrapped up and suspended my disbelief. You lose yourself. Forget about it. Here's what I love. No side plots. It's literally just yeah, one plot. Yeah, you're right. It's you're just right, one right. thing that you follow. Which is, I think, important because in the plot, it's these two guys trying to get from one place to another. In a, Through enemy like, lines, and yeah. in a specific amount of time because there is a ticking clock element. Oh, so I think by following them in an unblinking eye, you're feeling that time. You're feeling like you're there with them and you're not catching your breath. You're yeah. not getting a break. It's insane. And my only down, like my only criticism for it is in the moments when you come into a room and he's supposed to find the, the general to stop the attack yeah. and you turn around and it's Doctor Strange. Pulls me out of the movie. Oh, just because you mean like when it was names? Yes. Yeah, I and see that. Like even even the priest from Fleabag, that guy's a big name. I recognize him. Mm-hmm. He's great in the movie. Benedict Cumberbatch, phenomenal actor. But when I see him, I'm like, oh, look, it's Doctor Strange. They're such big stars 
And I'm sure the movie, the, the producers are like, wait, you're making a movie in one cut and you don't have any big name stars in it? And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a couple. And they're like, you better. But like, I don't go see the movie for Doctor Strange. I go see the movie because Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins made a one cut World War One film. Yes, please. Any time of day. Right. And I think actually at least the leads were not the biggest big names. No. And I think at least that was like, okay, yeah. that that kept it more grounded where you're not worried about it being a movie. You're just it, watching it. It was so good. I will tell you the moment where I got choked up. He gets to his destination and it's so crowded and he's supposed to stop this attack. Yeah. And they are literally, they're sending the first wave over. He right. essentially failed, but he can still stop most of the attack. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to fight his way to where this this commander is. And he's running through the trench and it's just so crowded with people and he just looks up and he's like, I'm going to have to run out onto the battlefield. And he starts, he climbs up and they're like, it's not your turn to go yet. And he starts running and bombs starts falling and people start climbing out of the trenches and he's just running with every last inch of his breath to get to this moment. And that's where I got choked up because I was like, everything he has, he's throwing on the line and bombs are going off around him. People are running out of trenches, knocking him over. Mm-hmm. And it was just the desperation there. That's when I was like, oh God, oh so God, Then he movie. goes back into the trenches yeah. and he gets to the 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 bunker. And they won't let the him in. Is, and there's two guys who are grabbing him and forcefully keeping him from walking through the door. Is, I didn't get choked up, but that was my like almost yell at the screen yeah. moment. Because like, I was you, like, you're right you. there. You're so yeah, close. So close. I like shoot those guys. Yeah. I oh. It was so good. What a good fucking movie. That's best picture for me all the way, all the way down. Such a good Oh, that's movie. interesting because I, I mean, it certainly has Oscars and stuff written all over it, but I think it's one of those things that, especially if you have the production or filming background, yeah. you know what it took. Like, you know what it took to make Saving Private Ryan and that was made in conventional Ugh. filming techniques, yeah. so to speak. This is a one cut movie. Ugh. Natural light. There's so uh, much more that you have to think about. Unbelievable film. Technical achievement through the roof. Unbelievable. So I've watched a bunch of Oscar movies. I watched Jojo Rabbit. I watched Parasite. I watched Knives Out. I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, but I'd like to. Same with Knives Out. I did see Parasite. You did? What'd you think? I watched it yesterday. Not enough giant sea monsters eating people and bringing them, oh, throwing I was them thinking up in a cave. Not enough Captain America's on a train. <laughs> but it was a good movie. It was good. I liked it a lot. I, I love those actors. I love that director. So I went into it almost cold. Yeah. I had heard great. Mm-hmm. I knew his prior films. Had you heard horror movie? Yes. Yeah, not a horror movie. No. At all. Thriller, potentially. Barely. We Dark. Drama. Potentially. This is straight up drama. I would say drama, but I had heard horror. Why? Because a couple people get there. Spoiler alert, there's a massacre at the end. It's and fucking cool. I saw a shot on Ticketmaster or one of those things, Fandango, and it was brother and the sister crouched down next to the toilet looking intently at a cell phone yeah which i just assumed that had something to do with the plot if that was the the sh- the picture that they were showing on the movie theater webpage mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with any of that zero percent like literally zero that was just a scene where they were trying to get cell phone service in their apartment this is also a movie that is a spends so much time on the characters and the family yeah and I, every time i'm like where is this movie going? Agreed. Because it's very seems many times stuck. And it was not a three act structure by nope. any means. And it does take a couple, like it takes a hard left turn. And then just when you're like, okay, so this is what it's doing. Where is it going though? It takes a hard right turn. And you're like, well, now I'm fucking lost. I don't know what is happening here. I watched it with my wife and we thought it was very interesting because it, it has a lot to say about class structure. 
Sure. And it has a lot to say about like rich people and how they interact with poor people and how. And this is all a spoiler. So like, yeah. I'm saying this to you after the fact, so you know you just got shit ruined for you. The only way that people that these rich people would ever interact with these poor people is through like servant relationships. Mm. And it's pretty bizarre. And and I think that that's really where the movie is trying to say something and does it really well of like what it makes these people do just to get jobs and just to interact and like brush elbows with this society. Yeah. And that is very interesting. And then like when just when you think you know where this movie's going, it like you said, it takes weird turns. And I think overall, like really interesting and very, very worth the watch but very bizarre in how it gets to that story. And it has a really like a couple big set pieces and a couple big moments. But the first like hour of the film, you're like, I don't know where you're going with this movie. That said, it was an enjoyable hour of very cool. Yeah. Everybody was very well written, very well acted. Loved it. Yeah. Very uh, like a great family dynamic. As you follow this one family kind of interweave their family and their lives with a different family. And it's very comedic. There's a lot of funny little things, One of my a lot of funny lines. Favorite moments is the main uh, son character. He's basically doing a charlatan act. He's pretending mm-hmm. to be a tutor to get close to this family, and he he's forged, for monetary reasons. He wants to get in there to get a job. His sister has forged his college documents, and he tells his dad, "He's like, Dad, I am going to go to college one day. I don't see this as lying or yeah. cheating." but I'm doing it for the family. And his dad looks at me, he's like, I'm proud of you, son. Yeah. I was like, like, that's, that's funny. That's good. And like the whole movie is just like weird ways to kind of bamboozle this rich family. And it's just, it's so weird and so dark. And like the main characters are kind of shitty. They're all shitty at the whole family. The the main family is all shitty. They're all fucking dishonest liars that are out for self, even if it means hurting someone a little bit. But, the movie asks you the question is being rich a greater offense <laughs> they have this whole discussion where it's like does being rich make you nice is she nice because she's rich right like she didn't does have to wealth do anything else. equal virtue pretty big big yeah, heavy thing to think about and i don't think the rich family is necessarily bad but they do think less of other people because of their wealth and because of their station in life so is like what happens to them justified i don't know I definitely have a radical tinge. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> Is that true? Oh, fuck the rich. <laughs> I'm talking like super rich too. Because like, because people get- All of our hoity-toity listeners just hit pause. Well, in that case- Yeah, people get offended by this, podcast. but it's like, if, if you think you're rich, you don't, you don't even know what rich is. There are people who literally own the world and it just gets worse and worse every year. Yeah. I'm not even getting into it. But this movie definitely touched on it. Makes you think about it a little more. I agree. <laughs> Rumi, Rumi wants to put on a red bandana right now and go out and like, well, like the, it, fight it, in the street. I just love, and you know that I love going into a movie cold, yeah. not knowing anything. And I knew nothing. I thought horror movie. I knew it was by that same director who did uh, The Host, which I loved. I did not like The Host. Really? W- way too much family bullshit and not enough monsters doing stuff. And then when the monster did stuff, it was like, okay. No, I'm I way too much family stuff. I see and understand why you'd say that, like, and I wouldn't try to change your mind. They were like, but. "It's a giant monster movie." No, it's a shitty family movie, and a monster shows up at the end. <laughs> He's fucking killing people at the beginning, grabbing people, bringing them under the water. Now, I agree with you. There could be less. Um, when I go to see a giant that. monster movie, guess what? I don't want to see Deadpool. anybody talking. 
Huh? Tadpole. Tadpole. Right. Okay. No, I know. I get what you're saying, and I can. I. I. There's no argument against that. If somebody I get told it. me there's this interesting family drama movie, and that also that also has a monster, I'd be like, okay. But when it was when I went to see it the first time, I was like, giant monster movie. I love me some Godzilla, and I went and saw it, and it is not a giant monster movie. It's a family movie, and there's a monster. An archery didn't bump that up for you at all. No, nothing bumped it up for me except when the monster was on screen because I went to see a monster movie. I can understand that. I love Snowpiercer, though. Holy shit, did I love Snowpiercer. See, and I did too. And I was waiting for this because I was like, okay, I don't know where this is going, but I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere at least interesting, let alone I'll like it. And it did go somewhere interesting. But just, to, I, you know, you could have given me 50 guesses. I wouldn't have come close. Never. To guessing how that movie plays out. Never. Never, never, never. But it was enjoyable as hell. It was really when funny. I was asking somebody about it and they wouldn't tell me. He's like, you like host, right? No, <laughs> no, but like, you know, it's really cool. I was like, is it horror? And they're like, no. I'm like, it's not like they have somebody tied up in the basement. And he just like blinked for a second. He's like, um, uh, no spoilers. But like just that alone, uh, maybe be like, what? Oh, see, that at least was a clue. I had zero clue. I knew nothing about nothing. I mean, he tried really hard not to give me that clue. But it was, it's, it's a good movie. I mean, it's worth watching. Am I going to buy it? Probably not. I agree with that. I would watch 1917 repeatedly. I will watch that again. For I agree sure. with that. Although I'm super happy. Because I've been trying to see that with a, like a couple of friends specifically said in the same room, hey, do you want to go see that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. So we like made that thing where like four people in the room were like, all right, let's try to see it this week. But yeah. then you feel like you have to all go see it together. See, you do that. I refuse to do that. Because yeah, we haven't seen a movie together in 17 years. Because I literally, if I go see a movie, I'm going to go see it and people can come if they want. I never make plans to go see a movie with anybody because that specific bullshit happens. Yeah, because well, it, that happened and it was like two weeks of not yeah. being able to coordinate Fuck it. that noise. And I was like, I need to see this in theaters because I think this is you definitely one of those movies that if you don't see in theaters, have to. you're missing something. Did you see right? it in 3D? I saw it in IMAX. Was that cool? Yes. The movie's absolutely. not in 3D, by the way. Just kidding. Any, and anybody right now who's like, wait, I could go see that in 3D? No, you can't. I saw Gravity in 3D and that was, o- and that was okay. Yeah. I will never, like, I can't, 3D never enhances anything. It never no. makes anything better in my opinion. No. 1917 in IMAX was Awesome. Now, I don't know if I saw it in you know regular. What 3D if, enhances my eye strain. <laughs> me recognizing that I have glasses on and how uncomfortable and spotty they are. Yeah. How I'm having to like prop my hand up just to hold these goggles on. I'm like, mm, I hate. Yeah. 3D stupid. But IMAX, I'd go see that in IMAX or Atmos or some shit like that. It was great. And I don't know. The, Ooh, I don't so know good. the difference of my experience if I just saw it in a regular theater. I mean, it was fucking massive. And we had like what I would consider the absolute best seats in the house. Yeah. Right in the middle, in the middle. But. I mean, it was great. It was definitely, that's, you're right. That's definitely a movie to see again. Did you see, you, you said you hadn't seen Jojo Rabbit? Correct. You should, and I know you don't want spoilers, so in I won't 3D. spoil <laughs> Yeah, go see. It's a very interesting movie, and I really would like to talk to, to you about it on the show, because it's one of those movies you're like, I can't believe this movie got made. And you, you know the premise of the, of, uh, can you tell me, because I don't want to give you a spoiler. As and you get far banned. as I know, it's Drop Dead Fred in World War II. It is Drop Dead Fred, <laughs> but instead of Fred, it's Hitler, right? and it's a Hitler youth, like a little boy who's like a fanatic, and his imaginary friend is Hitler, and that's all I can tell you, but it's, it's really well done, and people are like, kind of like, what? That's a premise of a movie? Yeah, you can't believe the movie got made, but it also, by the end, you're like, wow, that is so cool how they did that, and it's, it's worth watching. It's really, is it really as cool. good as uh, the press and the buzz that it's getting? I thought, I thought so. I think it's... My wife says Kate's no. His wife just yelled from the other room, no. Yeah, she said no, it's not. I I found it charming and really good. I thought it was really good. 
Okay. I don't know if it's like best picture because I think there are moments where it uses jokes when it didn't need to because it has a great cast that is really funny. Is it American? Yeah, it's Taika Waititi, the guy who did Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he plays Hitler too, which is pretty funny. Oh, the, the okay, got it. The All director right. is in the movie. Gotcha. He, he plays Hitler. It's so weird. You should watch it. Just uh, it's, it's on my list. There's a good chance I'm not going to see it by Oscars, and there's also a good chance I'm not going to see it in the theaters. Thanks, newborn baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what movies you guys have been watching. What are you, what are you hopeful for for the Oscars? Do you care about the Oscars? I don't really give a shit, but I like watching movies that people say are good. So I'll check out some of that stuff. It does seem like there's at least good contenders. I actually, I, I still, I want to see Little Women. I think I saw the like nineteen. My wife, made, Rumi. You have a court order saying not to do that. No, no, no. My wife made me watch the 1948 version, and it was like really fucking good. Like a really damn good movie. So I was like, well, if this movie's damn good, maybe the new one's good too. I've heard good things, so I kind of want to see it. Not going to lie. Why not? A man, my wife, Amanda, loves that movie. Well, book, she loves yeah. the, the book, the, yeah, book yeah. The, the multiple movies that have been made. She just watched the new one, and she raved about that. It's one of those things that like, I'm sure if I watched You're like, it. No, I'm I, a man. Like, I'm not going to see it. And then finally, I'll watch four men. Yeah. But then finally the movie, you, 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 she sits you down, makes you watch the movie, and you're like, oh, this is actually a really good movie. Well, I know I'm sure it's good, and I'm sure that I would like it, but it's like, for me to sit down and watch that, mm -hmm. there would have to be absolutely nothing else to do, or I'd, or you were like, made, she would have to tell What me. if you were made to do it for a podcast? No, I would do it. Like, if we, first of all, if we decided to do most things, I would do it. But, like, I would do it just because she asked me to, or if, like, a couple of friends, like, Tonight at Shitty Movie Sunday, if Little Women gets voted in, I'm putting it on. Um, Just don't see that as happening. <laughs> I did watch Hustlers with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Hustlers? That's no clue what that even is. Stripper epic. Jennifer Lopez is a stripper. Okay. I mean, worth watching for that alone. Is she naked? Mostly. Not like naked naked, but mostly naked. Then she's failing at being a stripper. Okay, well, it's not what the movie's about. It's a good movie. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It has no clue what kind of movie it is. It's like, am I a journalist movie? Am I a heist movie? Am I a stripper movie? Mm -hmm. Am I a, a true crime movie? <laughs> am I a girl empowerment movie? It has no clue. But overall, the movie is very enjoyable, and she is she's really good in that movie. Okay. So, kind of cool. Let us know what you think, guys. Tell us what you're hoping for for the Oscars. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. And big shout out to Carla Nappi. Thank you so much for sharing your comic book with us, Duplicant Comic. Facebook.com, Duplicant Comic. Check it out on Kickstarter. At Musings by Crazed on Twitter and Instagram and knappy at gmail.com. Please check it out. We, we love it when people send us stuff to read. We like reviewing it. Uh, and if you like sci-fi, if, if you are a big fan of Repo, the genetic opera, let us know because that's a big inspiration for this comic book. And this is, uh, it's fun. You know, I like a good comic book. I like good sci-fi. So please check that out. Till next time, we're the Rocketeers and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff.